0: The following is an archive podcast presented by the Branson and Hudson Foundation for Podcast Recovery. This podcast is entitled, Noisy Presents the Brooklyn Eventualies. It is the first and only episode of the podcast. The Welcome church. to episode one.
1: Black Flanders, Black Flanders, black Flanders. I feel like Black Flanders. I'm
0: not black, but I feel like Black Flanders. I got the Welcome Lenders. to the black Noisy Flanders, Podcast black with black Vice. Black My
2: name is Jeremy Tunamelt like coming Flanders. at you from black the Hard Rock Cafe black black in Brooklyn. Flanders, and I'm sitting here with none other than Indiana Sweetheart Rockers, the band that everyone has been talking about for probably what feels like two decades, even though it's been, I think, about three years total. I'm sitting here, of course, with the Brooklyn Eventualies. Guys, it's so yeah, good thanks to have you for here. Having us. Yeah,
0: Great to be here, hey, hey, Jeremy. Uh, I just sure. want to take issue with one thing you said uh, in the intro there. I'm a, you know, singer, guitarist, bassist, visionary Brandon Brantley. And uh mm-hmm. you said that we were Indiana Sweethearts, but we really think of ourselves as more of like a Brooklyn band, you know.
3: Well, us say your name, we've always been from
4: Brooklyn. <clears throat> not not me, not me. Well, we're in, when we're in Indiana, we're an Indiana band. We're in Brooklyn right now. Yeah, I
2: Well, I mean, you guys uh, I mean, you
5: guys originate from
0: Terre Haute, Indiana? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, we came from there, but we always had that Brooklyn mentality, you know? Yeah,
5: I didn't. No, I, I didn't. Right. My, uh, I mean, it, my heart's still, still in Terre Haute. It's the capital of Wabash Valley, oh, really? and I'm, uh, I'm staying there as far as I'm concerned. But I'm here now, so thanks for having me.
2: Lombardi. I mean, uh, talking right now, I'm sorry. I should probably let you guys all introduce yourselves. So yeah. this is the Brooklyn Eventually's. Brandon, why don't you start out? Yeah,
0: I'm Brandon Brantley. Uh, you might have heard of my brother, Bryden Brantley, Um just because he's friends with NBA Stupid Ass and he's on the top of the pop charts, you know, he thinks he's a big deal. But I actually am the musician in the family with some integrity. You know, I kind of keep it, you know, I make real music. What do you
2: mean? What, what do you mean, real music? I mean,
0: you know, What's... when you hear those, uh, like, pop songs about, like, Beer Summer or, like, Bikini Girl Summer or whatever, that we don't play that shit. You know, it's real.
2: I mean, a lot of people seem to like it. He sells out stadiums, does he not?
0: Doesn't mean the music's real, though. Mm. You've seen the music video? No. Well, I good. mean,
2: I'm. It's, it's pretty high production stuff. I mean, he played the Super Bowl halftime show. And I've seen uh, that. I nev-
5: never heard of it. I've seen that. He got those. Well, like
2: those girls yeah. in the bikini. Brandon, we'll swing back to this. I want to let uh, the other guys, the other fellas speak. Um, we also have uh, Marty Kozlowski Wojakowski, yeah, yeah, I get that's that right? Me, uh,
5: uh, like I said, I am uh, from capital of the Wabash Valley, a.k.a. Hot. Um My name is uh, Marty Kozlowski Wojakowski and I play the guitar, and I sometimes sing.
2: Right on, right on. You're, I mean, you're kind of the uh, the ladies' man of the group. The uh, uh,
5: I am, a, yeah.
2: You know, the, the I was stud. a Boy Scout
5: for a very long time, so uh, I have no doubt that the ladies <laughs> do appreciate my... <laughs> My chivalry, uh, and my temerity. So yeah, it's, uh, that's probably why I got asked to be in a band. He looks great in shorts. <laughs> Tell you what, how you do. Is that why
2: you played so, oh, so many early shows anyway? You kind of had, you guys had a, I mean, we'll talk about this. You guys had like sort of gimmicks and mm-hmm. themes, but you wore Boy Scouts costumes.
5: Yeah. When I, it, to, uh, when I used to, uh, when I used to be the house band at the Uterine Horn down in Terre Haute, I did wear uh, a lot of short shorts, <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't, I'm trying to separate myself from that now because now I meditate a lot. I mean, tr- from yeah. Taraha, I thought you said you were all. Well,
4: no, back, back all, in the day, day. Back in the day, that was, was his full-time back, job. Yeah, he was, was a, a scoutmaster. Master. He'd always be rushing to the, uh, rushing yeah, to the gig. Was. That's what we call shows in the music <laughs> business. <We laughs> had call them had them to make
5: sure all them, all those fellas yeah.
4: had to get their their yeah, knots
5: right. It was a gig. Uh, now it's show business. There's show, and then there's the business. So I'm trying to trying to make my way in this world.
2: Well, that's true. Uh, we also have um, former guitarist, but now the I believe synth man, Pierre Le Pierre. That's, Good to have
3: you. That's me. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a modular synthesis, actually. I know I, that's I, you. Thank you. Just like to uh, distinguish that uh, fact. I use modular synthesizers uh not mm-hmm. not ones with preset patches and uh do you uh, need a degree for what that? does that mean yes i yes you can uh i have a degree in modular synthesis from the dieter von doppel school oh, of my. Mo- yeah yeah he invented the first modular synthesizer uh so you know the, the degree really means something he uh it's
4: like an electric most,
3: piano yeah, most bands
0: won't let you play it, one in the band unless you got the degree
3: is that like a keytar That's true. You need uh, at least an entry-level degree from the from the Doppel School to to even get on stage. I mean, that's like that's base that's baseline. Unbelievable.
2: Now, uh, I I mean, I don't. It's a whole lot of. uh, It's basically Chinese to me. Uh, I mean, I don't know what any of that. uh, They invented the keyboard, (laughs) I think. Well, why don't we, uh, okay, so last, uh, definitely not least, uh, probably a, a fan favorite, we have Dick Denham.
4: Hey, everybody, I'm Dick Denham. Man on the sticks. How are you? I play, I play the, I hold the sticks. Now, that's a lot of people say he's the man on the sticks. Well, I just hold them. What I play is the skins.
2: <laughs> You're the drum so, man. You're the drum man.
4: Yeah, I'm the drum man. I play the skins. I can play, and a lot of people don't realize this about drummers, well, you got two sticks you also... Pierre, can you please not
2: vape into the mic? They might pick it up. You can, you <laughs> I can, mean, you uh, know, actually, you
4: know, I'm sorry. You could, we, we could edit that out. It's fine. You know. You, you, you can do, play yeah. with your feet when you're drumming, too. A lot of people don't know that because you can't see the feet back there. Right. But sometimes my feet are going when I'm on the drum groove, right? I'm always, I'm always just doing tick, 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 a bum, bum da dum but I can't stop. Oh, don't I'm give away all
5: our secrets over here. <laughs> I tell you, you've never seen mm-hmm. feet. You've never seen feet like Dick.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting very, because all of your time as a band together, you've always been barefoot and insist on being barefoot wherever you go. Well, we
0: had a friend uh, okay. in TerraHot well, named Jack Johnson. He came over from Hawaii and he taught us that feet, like shoes, can be very restrictive on your music, your creativity.
3: Oh, they block the energies. Yeah, acupuncturists yeah. believe that <clears throat> the and creativity
0: have- comes from the feet. Mm-hmm.
3: That's
4: right. Mm-hmm. You absorb I'm, it. From I'm the barefoot earth. right now, and you can see I have very, very, very petite yeah. feet. They're very tiny, which is very good for a drummer. I can fit right in the middle <laughs> of that drum, and sometimes <laughs> I can just spin them all around. It'll make all kinds of sounds that you can't make with bigger feet, because my feet are a little petite, like, I remember, little, club, like little clubs. Speaking of little clubs,
5: I remember when we were in Terre Haute, uh, we played Josh Todd's Garbage Burn, and you were fucking <laughs> slapping away on that kick drum so hard it fucking started smoking i thought the fuck i yeah. thought they were gonna have to shut the club down thank god they didn't because we still got our 15 bucks
4: <laughs> well i got in I, you know i got in that drum with my foot and i was just kind of slapping it around and i was getting so into it i lost my uh my sticks you know i had them in a nice you know i had a i had a traditional grip so they went slide sliding out and so i just started slapping those drums with my hands and kicking everything and people seemed to love the energy i was bringing
2: those dead.
0: early shows had a certain vitality to them, you know?
2: Yeah. Like, yeah, Pierre was still playing guitar for you guys, hitting the strings. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I was very it was raw. I was just learning days. how to play the drums. Pierre, Pierre, what made you change? Like, what
3: I mean, did you just get bored or uh, lose I, creativity? You know, I, I went to, uh, I, t- I took a sabbatical and I went to Germany to, uh, you know, kind of find mm. myself. Uh, very weird people. Yeah, you know, and very, very smart too, mathematical. So you know, I, uh, you know, I enrolled just on a whim at the, at the von Doppel Institute uh, for modular synthesis, and I, I learned a lot. Of really, open. Uh, guitar is very restrictive. There's only uh, there's only twelve notes on the guitar. A lot of people mm-hmm. don't know that. Um, yeah,
5: I just found that out.
3: <laughs> it's.
5: Well there's six yeah, strings. There's two Each string, string has two sides. each
3: string has two notes, yeah. uh, one on either side, and then you know, you can only make so many shapes with your hand. So so you make the shape I'm trying to. this is how you play guitar. I mean, Marty, you know this, right? You make the shape. I yeah, and then I basically
5: po- what I what I did instead of actually learning a guitar was I I just learned different ways to hold my hand and I just pushed them against the string. So uh, Yeah. And cool. then you move them
3: up yeah. or down. And, I, and so that's it.
5: That's was, all you got. When I was in a, a band from Terre Haute, it was called Jerry Bruckheimer's Fupa. Um, I was <laughs> oh, yeah. really, great I was band, really great sharpening band. my teeth as far as playing a the guitar there. So uh, I, I, that's that's kind of why I, I knew that uh, this band was something I wanted to be in. Uh, when the Brooklyn eventually called me uh, to, to try out, I knew that I had known the hand shapes and I knew that there was two sounds to every string. <laughs> so I felt I was going to just... Get right in that pocket there. So thank you guys again.
4: I, I remember asking mm-hmm. him, like, can you make the crab hand yeah. shape and I play it? And I he nailed it. On first, the first try, he got the crab hand. Crab hand's the
5: hardest then, shape to make. First I mean, second uh, try, yeah.
4: And, and then we're like, can you make the Spock uh, sign from Star Trek? And he made the Spock sign and he played it, and, and it was a, perfect. That, and those are—he's like he and knows and both went, of them. I, Most
3: metal bands, I mean, you look at their hands; they're they're doing devil horns. Yeah. that's it. You know? <laughs> that's did, the one. I that's one. The, one uh, it's
5: one shape. Yeah, and then I did the Dane Cook shocker, which I had just learned from watching a stand-up special like the week before, and that was that was transcendent as far as I'm concerned, and I think that really solidified my spot. Well, I, I, mean, I remember you, turning to
4: boys and I go, I go, boys, that's mm-hmm. a hit record. And they told me we're not recording right now. I remember and I said, what are we doing right now? I'm I sorry. Forgot. I remember seeing uh, you guys play live on Letterman mm-hmm. years
2: ago, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Marty was doing this thing. He came up with this hand shape, uh, and I, I had no idea what it was like. What is it? This is weird shape. And he kind of angled his hand in, yeah, and it looked like he was like holding the lantern or I something. Know, I don't know what I know it was. What you're and about. then I remember I talked to you mm-hmm. after the show at Coachella, yeah. like the summer later. Yeah. And I was like, "What? what is that? It's is that, a new shape you came up with. I said, what do you call it? And you said you called it the Forever I call, yeah. And I was you know, blown away. Well, that
5: was something I learned when I was in Whamouflage, which was a Wham cover band. Uh, except <laughs> I, I had never actually known any Wham songs. I didn't even really know Wham was a band. Uh, I just heard about the one guy dying. So I looked him up on Google and I learned a hand uh, uh, signature, I called it. So then, yeah, that's basically what you saw on Late Night. Brett, Brett Michaels. Michaels yes, yeah. great. Rest yeah. in
2: peace. Um so I want to you know kind of you know we talked about you guys you know calling each other up to play but like actually how did you guys get started in her how yeah, did you so, all meet
0: I mean there's a funny story behind that uh you know me and Dick the way that we met was kind of like
4: we were kids I think at the I time mean, right We
0: were just pups but like just there's a, there's, a, there's a story to it you know like my well, friend he was 9
4: I was 11 we were in the same mm-hmm. grade <laughs> I think that's how we met No
0: no I don't think <laughs> I don't remember that, maybe it was because I was so wasted back then that I can't remember that far back, but like, <laughs> I just remember that like my friend was in this band called Queefer Sutherland, and his bassist was like crashing on my friend's couch, and he played in this band called Jimmy and the Dog Dick, mm-hmm. and they opened a show for Shitman and the Pissers. Oh, They had I remember like that. a lot of hype around them at the time.
5: I was and there had, as a fan, it was at Racist Randy's Bar and Grill, I remember that, I was here. Yeah, dude,
0: a lot of good shows at Racist Randy's <laughs> front over the years. Row. I
5: was in the front row.
0: And those guys had this keyboard player who ran this DIY label, and his band put out this split seven inch with these guys, the Doo Doo Explosion. And like, you know, then the other track on that seven inch was a cover of this legendary local band called Fuck, 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 Mm -hmm. where there's like a period, an exclamation point and a question mark. So it's like, fuck, fuck, Mm -hmm. fuck. Mm -hmm. And they just played a show with this like proggy band called Electro Harmonics Cathedral, Mm -hmm. which is a side project of the band Boss Tu3 Tuner Pedal. So I was like, "Man, I'll check those guys out next time they play," and it turns out at their next show they're playing with the stupid dumbasses, which is where Dick was playing at the time. And it right. was just like, "What's them, up?" them, I was and we're like, playing with. The... And we said, "You know, maybe we could jam later." And we're like, "All right, that's that's what's up. We'll see what happens." Yeah.
4: Well, I just got out of a band with the G4 Experience. And that wasn't something that I particularly liked, particularly because no one ever, like there were some people just asked for a drummer and I'd be like, I don't know how to play drums. And they'd be like, that's fine. We just need a drummer. And I'd I'd usually just sit there and I'd kind of like tap Mm -hmm. my feet. And uh, I remember when Brandon asked me, I was like, you know, I don't think I can really join a band right now. I'm just kind of doing this to goof off. I don't want to learn how to play the drums or anything. And he said, that's nonsense. I need you in my band. And, Brandon, I don't remember this, but my, my real name isn't Dick Denham. What is what? it? What? Wait, what? Uh, well, yeah, uh, when we first
2: oh, wow. met. when I was researching about you guys, it didn't even say that on Wikipedia. I, I've met
3: your, uh, your dad, Mr. Denham.
4: Yeah, he, he made me, ch- my dad had to change his name, but Brandon, uh, first time I met, he's a very charismatic guy. Everybody knows that about him. He made me change my name on the very first time mm. we met. Because my real name is uh, Brandon Frontman. Mm. <laughs> And he said, first of all, they can't be two Brandons, and you're not the front man. And I go, the front man for what? My name is M- Brandon Frontman. And uh, you know, he goes, that's not going to work. Your name is Dick Denim, and you're playing drums for me. Okay, and I well, said, no, I'm getting married at the time. And he said, like, no, you're not. You're going to play drums for me. And, you know, long story short, he ended up fucking my wife and breaking up my marriage. And he's like, can you play drums for me? And I said, well, I don't, I'm not getting married anymore. I don't see why not. And he said, uh, water under the bridge. And I said, whatever. He's doing you a favor, dude. You live in Brooklyn now.
0: It's
2: amazing. Yeah. Now, and I'm just going to put, put this on pause. No, that's,
0: uh, that's funny because, you know, uh, Dick's wife was playing in a band called, she, well, she was rapping and playing guitar in a band called Girl Sweatshirt. And that's where we met Pierre and Marty because they were her oh. backing oh. Mm-hmm.
3: That's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay, so you guys all right, we'll talk about this in a second, but I, that, he your name is front man. That makes you frontman. Frontman. Just, Which
5: one of you guys yeah. which one of you guys is the front man? Uh, me. Oh me. As, would say? I would say I think that's uh, I think that's Pierre. Yeah.
0: I feel like it's me.
5: Well, maybe I would also say if it's I feel not like- Pierre it's Brandon for sure.
4: I sit in the back, yeah. so I, I think it can't be me. Because see, I uh, always, think, I always. The, when I mean, the, I'm the a big fan
3: of you back. guys.
2: Uh, I got your first EP <laughs> when I was like 16, three years ago, and I really loved "Letters to the Lion Tamer." Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, this Dick Denham guy, he's like the coolest straight man there is. He's a drummer front man, mm-hmm. just like Lars from Metallica, just well, like funny Peter is, Gabriel. He didn't even play and Genesis. on that track,
0: actually. He overslept, and we just did the drums without him. He doesn't even show up on it.
4: Real? All right. Right, but I play him during the live yeah. show. But throughout and, you know, the years, he's been do, a great like front man. It's all yeah. triggers. I do like the Peter Gabriel thing, and that's why, you know, yeah. I'm not really much of a singer, but I wear my Turtle Beach headset <laughs> while I'm sitting back there, and I just kind of like... I like Mm -hmm. the look. It makes me look like I'm plugged in. And and sometimes, like, when I'm playing drums, everyone knows I close my eyes the whole time I'm playing drums. I don't see anything that's going on. I'm just having a good time closing my eyes. And I like to have the headset on, and I like to pretend I'm talking to Cortana, Mm. and I'm giving her commands, and I say, up the drums, up the drums, and it's just fun. You almost almost become (laughs) transcendent when you're up there. I've seen you guys live, like... 37 it's Yeah, times. it's a, it's and, a
5: spiritual and, and, experience. Yeah. I got
2: it. He's crying up there when I mean, he's playing the drums a lot. Yeah.
4: He's just in tears while I, his eyes are closed. Because you know, well, Cortana I stops talking and I'm thinking something's wrong and I'm yelling for Master Chief yeah. to help
3: out. I don't see anyone. I'm surrounded by my modular rig. So, you know, I set up <laughs> and it's basically like uh, it's kind of like, like an isolation booth, like a like a sensory deprivation chamber, but yeah. I can hear everything that's going on. Although I don't really have anything in the monitors mm-hmm. except for the kick drum, because I don't need it.
4: <laughs> I mean, it takes us about thirty minutes after a show to get you out of there.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, I have to be. At, yeah, that's but that's extraction time, and we budgeted in to the tour, man. Like it's it's on the schedule. It's like you guys set have, up. We tour, going show, out. we tour with the backdrop lifts them
6: out. <laughs>
3: You guys I'm like the roadies and no one's
2: a lot of touches since, right?
3: No, no one. Can oh either. yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, well, because you don't. You guys don't know how to operate them. You don't have the degree. You set up your own light show too, do you not? Yeah, that's right.
4: I mean, the only time I ever got in a fight with Pierre is when I started. You know, he's got all these synths, and it's such like a contraption that I pretend. I had just seen the movie Transformers, and I just started slapping on the synths. I said, "Come out, Bumblebee! Come out, Optimus!" And I was having a good time, just having a laugh. And I tell you, this guy can throw a right hook. It knocked me clean, unconscious. Well, I'll tell
3: you the, re- I'll tell you the reason. Because if, if you don't have the degree and you start messing with the thing, yeah. you know what those... I, I have an, an original Von Doppel synth. And those were originally designed not as a musical instrument, but as a German device to detect Albanians. Mm. And there's a switch. Oh, that's
4: right. <laughs> And you told me that since are like baby rabbits, that if you touch them, the owner, do, the mother doesn't yeah, want you them can't back. Can, just, you
5: can't put them back uh, if you touch yeah, them.
0: In Germany, yeah, they, it's re, illegal to they, play them without the degree. They'll send you to prison right away.
3: That's right. They send you to a work camp.
2: Now, we, we talked about you guys meeting a little bit. Um, I'd say you guys really had your big hit early on. Um, I think Brandon knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, what was I mean called? our first
0: hit is called Keats in Gym Class. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a song. I mean there's a really funny story behind this song because like I was listening to the Smiths. Is that
2: what you, is that the one that we wanted to play? Yeah, yeah. Play let's let's,
0: let's play a little rock and roll over here. But, okay, uh, so
2: I'm sitting here, everyone. This is Jeremy Tunamelt with Noisy Advice at the Hard Rock Cafe in Brooklyn, Manhattan. And we're going to be playing the first real big single hit from the Brooklyn Eventually's. And I know you guys all know the song. We're kind of doing a little bit of a uh, chronological timeline here. Are we Are we not? Right, right. I mean, so we're I going to take a step back in time. No don't, no, don't worry about it. We're You're not thick. playing. Right. You don't have to play was any was drums. I on, Am I not was I on? Here's a note here? Pierre, you do not have to set up your synths. When stop, we go in the studio, he thinks
0: we're just playing or practicing Can you tell...
2: I don't. Can you guys? Can you guys take his headphones off and tell him to stop? Sign up the synths.
0: <coughs> I don't even. Was I on this recording? Just, I don't remember I, if I was I'm, on this
5: recording at all. I. Uh, I think this might have been before. Marty. I don't. I couldn't tell you. I mean, you guys
2: <coughs> are. Might, at the, you I know, think we
0: think seen, this might be one where I went back in we and re-recorded s- everyone's parts when they weren't around. So. Okay.
5: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. All right. Well,
2: uh, without further ado, we're gonna get this thing rolling and. Uh, come back in a couple minutes. So
0: Before we get this rolling, I just want to give the fans just a couple, a little insight they might never never have heard before where this song, the inspiration behind it was, I was listening to the Smiths and I was thinking like, man, those guys made a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Like, how could I rip them off to get as much money and fame as possible like they did, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's like where the inspiration comes from.
5: Yeah. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah. All right, let's check this one out.
5: Um, All
6: right, play it.
1: oh my God. I no. was 29 the <laughs>
0: song
2: mm. wow just such a such a you know brings me back to my childhood mm-hmm. or i mean my teenager mm-hmm. or fuck i mean i don't remember how old i why okay so it brings me back to high school um and you guys uh marty yeah you're on guitar but pierre you're still on guitar there you're the you know, the old johnny marr of the band then huh
3: yeah i mean i i i had the shapes i so i uh i studied uh I'd never actually listened to the band he was in. I I can't remember what they were called. Modest Mouse. Um, the Smouse. Yeah, I didn't listen to them, but I I would I, I would look at pictures of the band and I'd see the shapes that he was making uh, with his hands, um, <laughs> and then and then I would copy those shapes, and that's the sound that came out.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and then we had you know Brandon on vocals. sounded just you know you could tell all the influences from Peter Morrissey, and. <laughs> Just the you know, the beautiful drums from
4: uh, Dick. Yeah
2: coming the, together. It's a, it's a real light
3: touch and I think it's because of the small feet, you know. Uh he,
4: he, it's the small feet work there, but you gotta notice a lot of people don't notice I'm 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 hitting that quarter note rest <laughs> all right, with the resonant <laughs> head drums, you know. So it's it's something that you kinda <laughs> get there and you gotta get a uh, you know, I'm doing the, mul- the, the Mueller, the m- molar mm. method the whole and time. You got a
3: paradiddle in there, uh, maybe one or two a paradillum. Yeah. yeah and, paradillum. I'm getting there and I'm doing
4: some snare comping. Some oh, you got a snare. And you
3: probably got a kick. He's something. comping the snare. I got a kick.
4: Yeah. I got a kick there. You probably
3: got a few symbols. Yeah. Am I
4: wrong? Uh, you're, you're not wrong. Was that
3: before? Was that before or after you got the, the roto toms?
4: Well, I mean that was that was this was before and I remember that me and Brandon went back and forth on this song. Particularly because well, for the social reasons that happen in every band where he was fucking my wife and ruining my marriage. Standard. And, yeah, well um, we try to keep the art. Separate mostly from that, because you know? I was I was really trying to get in a small African drum and just use only a single small African drum the whole time, and he said, you know, they make a lot of money. The Smiths, yeah, that's some Paul Simon use shit there. Small, mm-hmm. We don't fuck yeah. with that. A small African drum. No, they have more. Than, said, they have more than one. Well, I don't one care. Drum. The Smith. And you know, I was being petty about the drum because really I was just mad that he was what fucking about, my life. I was wife. like, the what, album you guys well, did. What
0: well, this, this album? Well, I was like, look, we're calling it all.' this it album all, is called The Smith.": We're trying okay. to make money. Mm-hmm. We might have been the first <laughs> band to do a self-titled album of a different band. That was one of the innovations well, we made early on, you know? what
2: Can you guys tell me about what happened? I've read about this and um, you know, I've watched several documentaries on you guys already, right? Thank, oh, thank you very you.
3: much. Thank you, thanks. Um, Merci.
2: I remember the first documentary, though, "Stare uh, into the Toilet," mm-hmm. that I think VH1 put out. Yeah. You guys talked about how you did an entire album; it was like a double LP, and the only thing that Dick played was a steel drum, and you guys scrapped it. <clears> and you know, I was astonished. And it was a decision made by Pierre and
3: Brandon. We've look, guys. We've always been about money, like the money. That's the. That's what people want from a band. They want to see successful business people sure. up on stage. Sure. Yeah, Songs we listened.
0: We liked the album. Fine, we we're like, this is artistically solid. No one's done an album like this, but is it going to make money? No. So we threw it away. Whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, started we started over.
3: Literally threw it in the garbage. Speaking, and of throwing, lit it on fire. Speaking of throwing things in the
5: garbage, I just want to say that I'm, uh, I'm freegan. Uh, so uh, I, I take a lot of things from the garbage. So that's another reason why I like <laughs> this band when I was growing up. Well, Marty, if you're interested, uh,
2: after this recording, I could give you the key to our dumpster,
5: and you know. To, yeah, thank you. Know, you. Yeah, down. I'd like to get some more. We
2: get a lot of catered food here. Like all of our meals here are catered and delivered. to us. I Appreciate us that. Here at
5: uh yeah. noisy uh, Advice kind of, at the Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah, it's just kind of up to the guys whether I eat or not because, uh, like I said, I'm not really uh, I'm not really welcome here all the time. Um, but I do play guitar, and I, uh, I I am enjoying being here for this interview. Uh, so uh, I just want to say that if you guys have anything extra that you can give to me afterwards, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Well, there was some about
2: 20 women, you know, just trying to get your autograph, I th- just walking in here. He's not allowed I to talk the whole- to
5: them. I can't really do <laughs> much.
2: Well, I mean, like, I could get it. I mean, he's kind of mysterious. He's handsome. I'm you know, he's got the long, ha- got the long mm-hmm. hair. Well, Pierre just starts sucked by the mm-hmm. scents, and they all dry up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you uh, that's know- not, not everybody.
3: Not everyone. I mean, since I moved to Brooklyn, uh, you guys all know that I'm engaged, right? Like, my, my, my partner... Oh, congratulations. My, my partner, Yovanka.
0: Wow. This, her, is, this uh, is news to us. She sounds yeah, beautiful. Yeah, she's, she's
3: wonderful. She's from Croatia. Um, you know, her, her parents have been living in New York for a long time. And, uh, you know, her family used to work for a company called the, uh, they were called Ustache, the company. Uh, oh. Made a lot, that, which is Croatian, I think, for mustache.
2: Croatia is just the face of Eastern European yeah. uh, oh, yeah. culture.
4: Am I wrong?
3: That's right. That's a hell of a drive. <laughs> yeah. Well, they moved, they moved to America uh, because they were so successful can at, us at their business. Did she, she get us
5: some gigs out there?
3: Oh, definitely. They're really well connected okay. back home okay. through okay. their, their ustashi business. I
5: really,
2: uh, yeah. I mean, they brought, give a, you know, the ustashi or uh, I don't know, whatever they are, but I uh, you know, you know, through their means of joining the European Union, the tourism there, you see, I've never been there, but I've seen several pictures. Just and, beautiful, uh, beautiful beaches. I mean... Well, the thing is, it's like a lot of us are afraid to go out there or go to shows out there.
3: Well, they're, um, they're very not... dangerous in Croatia. They're not communist anymore, so it's fine.
4: I mean, I think they're ready to hear some steel pan music where I can kind of bring Yeah, I think, I mean... Steel right. drums. They're, they're,
3: they're, they're out in the world,
5: so they're ready for world music. What, uh, and that's what Dick <laughs> Dunham is about to bring to them. So I'm okay with that, too. That's right.
4: You know, I'm, I'm sure they just got the song Red, Red Wine mm-hmm. on the radio, mm-hmm. and they're really ready for me to kind of... You know, mm-hmm. I've been waiting to bust those steel drums yeah, out. Yeah, we and,
0: rehearsed you know, like a, a 25 minute cover of that, it. and then I kind of axed it.
4: Yeah,
2: well, why don't I was gonna ask you guys something else, but right now that brings up a, a good segue into this. And a lot of people email me specifically about you guys, I don't know why, but they ask me, uh, what kind of gear do you guys use? Know that everyone wants to know, Brandon, what kind of uh, you know, auto tune are you using that latest single, Pierre. How many synths can you stack on top of each other before it's you know a legal issue, Marty? Mm-hmm. How do you do those hand shapes? And Dick, how did you do a whole tour using just you know Home Depot buckets? So you guys can start with whoever, but you know people are curious. What are your
4: setups like? What are your? It's favorites? mostly what your- the size of the Pierre, bucket. Pierre, like, take this one away that's, how the that's how you get all the different. That's how you. So you get the, uh, that's so how you get the different sizes, you, uh, how drums have different noises, you know, like depending on how big they are, right. And then you just get different size buckets and stuff like this. Cause it's a storage thing mostly where you can get a big one and you can put them in like uh, those Russian dolls. <clears throat> right. And so then I can carry around all my drums in one big bucket. That's got a bunch of smaller buckets. And then for other stuff, steel drums, cymbals, cowbell, you can typically find things and, you know, it just made me going on tour a whole lot easier. Where did you get the wanted... gong, Dick? Where did you get the gong at? Oh, uh, this seven-foot gong right behind me? You brought yes. it to the restaurant? I take that everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah but where did you get it? It's
3: back. It's Like it's a Ninja gone. Turtle I, in Brooklyn. I, mm-hmm.
4: I, I was in, actually, Chinatown. <laughs> and I was walking down the street, as I want to do, just enjoying Chinatown. And I go down to this dusty... Stairway into this weird shop with all kinds of qu- trinkets and antiquities. And I, I, I walk up and I do, you know I, this, this man with a long mustache that he's constantly stroking back and forth says, uh, You didn't come here looking for something. Something brought you here. And I said, "What? And he said, "This is perfect for you." And I turn around, there's a big seven-foot steel uh, gong mm-hmm. right there. And I said, I don't want that. And basically, anytime I stop moving, it kind of just appears behind me. Yeah, something else. I still
2: don't understand. Uh, uh, Pierre, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your setup? Your, uh, it's a magical realism
4: gong. Uh, gong. <laughs> it's pretty easy to understand. Well Okay,
3: Pierre, why don't you tell us a little bit about your setup and your... Uh I, you know, like, I uh, I started with the more commercially available, uh, you know, the, the the sort of entry level, like the noob mm-hmm. uh, modules, you know, mm-hmm. very simple, made in America, easy to understand. But mm-hmm. as we kept getting record advances, I just kept plowing all of my money into buying the original Van Doppel uh, modules, which are, you know, made in, I believe, 1939 in Germany. Um, sure. Just beautiful beautiful pieces of uh of technology you know um and they come with a tuning module i threw the tuning module away you know i was tired from you know playing guitar like 12 12 notes how many sh- 25 shapes who needs it you know easily now i have infinite shapes infinite notes like i can do uh oh my god there's a the sound i there's the sound i, I can do that you know? <clears throat> I yeah can, like that's one I like uh, I don't mm, Thank you so long
0: I think so the waitress wants you, know, you to like, take that off the table I think she's serving <laughs> us our, our meal
3: Well I, le- I, I can't I mean did you show her my yeah, degree? My pizza logs I, you. Anyway um, You know that's, that's You know I needed the Von Doppel So I could get unchained from the 12 tone scale mm-hmm. And uh, I think the band appreciates it
5: Yeah I do
3: even though I've I have heard complaints that you know on the internet, uh, people have said I couldn't hear the synthesizers, but I think that's really because I'm playing a lot of notes that are below and above the range of human hearing. Uh, oh sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly.
0: Like, I would say that's the first time I've ever heard that synth, but I don't mm-hmm. want to uh, create any more tension within the band that more than already exists. You know.
3: Yeah, I think I think it's really on the audience to train their ears to hear what I'm playing, but they'll get there eventually. That's know? why we
0: play some shows for dogs to, you know, satisfy those those sort yeah. of high-end pitches you're getting there. It's a big demographic. Like, you,
4: I, you really, Brandon, you already made her divorce me. You mm-hmm. don't have to insult her.
0: <laughs> you want to talk about this later after this interview is over?
4: So, Brandon, uh, Marty,
2: All right.
5: you haven't talked about uh, your gear. Are you talking to me? You have some Sorry, right. There. I was eating a pizza lot. Are sure. you talking to me? Uh, okay, yeah. Um, as far as my guitars go, it's pretty easy. I use one. Was that piece of pizza already eaten? Yeah, I like They left it. I'm not going to let it go to waste. My guitar is a PV Raptor. It's a six string. It's got a 25 and a half inch scale. It's a solid body construction with new styling for better ergonomics and balance, but really what I want to talk about here is my gear because my Fender Deluxe 2x12 and Fender DeVille 4x10 combined for my main guitar sound with an Ampeg combo behind it to enhance my low end the sideways Fender Twin Reverb amplifies my Zoom Rhythm Track RT-123 drum machine which I've used for years but the drum machine, yeah, knows the drum machine goes to a Boss ODB-3 bass overdrive atop the Twin Reverb is obviously a Roland RE-201 Space Echo which I use uh, as another stage gain because my tape is broken but but what I want to really emphasize here is that my main board is home to a Digitech Jamman Line 6 MM4 Pro Code Deuce Tone Rat Boss DD 7 HP bar, Screamin' <laughs> electro <laughs> Scrapful, folks, dude, oh my Cellboard, some Digitech Digitech Jamman I got a line to a 6 DL4 electro POG and a TCL I'm trying to flashback delay but my third board is a second line 6 DL4 and my three even tight pedals I got a time factor, I got a pitch factor space. Finally, my apps. <laughs> it's a fourth board with two more samples. So with the Tech Jam app, uh, before my son goes into my app, and it's a DC Electronic Classic Booster and Distortion. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, it's simple. It's, you know, it is what it is.
0: That's just what he brings Marty, on tour. Of that's, of water. that's not what he uses in the studio. That's like his slim down tour rig, you know? Yeah, that's, that's right. T- that's my
5: tour rig. He has a house for all his gear, am I wrong? No, it's a, it's a prefab shed I bought from Home Depot. <laughs>
6: <laughs> All right. Well, really uh, warm in the winter. Yeah, you can stay
5: in there if you want. You need a place to stay. Well, you come know, come by. You haven't ever been warm over to my house. Feet. I don't like you. people for nothing You ducking. haven't even met my kids. Come on by. No, I met your kids. You weren't there. Oh. <laughs> 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 <What> the <fuck? laughs>
4: Uh,
0: they gotta get in the shed.
2: Brandon, why don't you, uh, so they have the
4: keys on the inside. Brandon, why don't you uh, give us a
2: little bit of a rundown on uh, what you're working? Yeah, with?
0: so um, these days vocally, I'm working with like Antares Auto Tune 8.1. You know, I gotta sound perfect on yeah. stage, so
2: everyone knows what that sometimes is. Sometimes
0: we like to get a little T-pain effect going these days. You know, we're getting a little more poppy as we get older. You know what I mean? Uh, but on my pedal board, oh, you're like Weezer. My pedal board's pretty much just like a Boss TU2 tuner into a Boss TU3 tuner into a Boss Tu-2, into a Boss Tu-3. Uh, and then I chain that one out. I chain that one out. I got, like, the dry and the wet. And then I'm going to two amps that are just, like... Don't know what that means. You know, I, food. I just use whatever, the, whatever amps they got at the house. I don't really tour with any amps, you know?
2: A lot of PVs.
0: Yeah, I'm just like whatever you got. Sometimes <coughs> yeah. we just di right. it right into the fucking. All yeah. right,
2: well, it seems like asking a. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people ask, but asking that question seems to be uh, I'm, whoever's listening is probably asleep now after the past five minutes. What do you guys uh, talk to me about? Um, how, do you, how do you guys? How do you guys get your ideas? You know, I mean, what is... like you guys get? You guys do crazy drugs, or you guys, you know. You go, the only drug trick, we need is money yeah, Going on a trip. yeah.
3: Just yeah we just, about think, gonna we just think about what is popular what what are people we, we get we subscribe to uh we all get a, a billboard magazine mm-hmm. like the hard copy the, the actual sure. magazine <laughs> and then we <laughs> look sure. at the and then we look at the top 10 in every category we just listen to it what is making the most money and then we try and we just all try and synthesize mm-hmm. a combination of that. It's just, yeah, it's
0: sort it's of about, modular, what we do with it's, those hits. It, yeah, It's
3: about opt- I optimizing your... Uh... Steel drums,
4: mainly, is what my thing is. Yeah. <laughs> and, but basically, I just play that until they yell at me and tell me to do whatever. And they wouldn't let me play my drum kit that had Ford F-150 well, you guys, on it. I thought you that guys, was cool.
2: You guys are playing the third weekend of Coachella. Yeah. And I remember this was in the news. You brought out that steel drum. I don't know if a lot of people saw it or heard it at the time, but it was reported. And it was evident, obviously, later on, but you pulled out a steel drum in the middle of the set, and Brandon immediately turned around, and he took out a forty-five and shot you mm-hmm. in your shoulder to stop you.
4: Well, it took him another shot before I finally stopped playing, because, I, you know, I play with my eyes right. closed, so it was just like, first one just kind of went right through. I was able to get it. <laughs> right. I thought it was... I just assumed they're always aiming those bras mm-hmm. at me, so it's yeah, look, like... I, just, I didn't want did did to have, have a to fight, do that. Did
2: you just, like, you know, get cleaned up and, like, didn't talk about well, it? No, I it didn't want to have to do well, that. Like, I thing. was going to
0: use that gun in the next song, actually, as part of the song, and I had to waste that bullet to get him on track.
4: I was, I was riding a steel drum high, because <laughs> Pharrell uh, didn't go on before, and he was an hour mm-hmm. late. And so, like, there's a big empty stage there with a bunch of people waiting, and I figured no one would mind if I just went out there and played around my steel drums and the crowd was pretty into it so I thought you know maybe this time because the crowd was pretty into my steel drum solo while they were waiting Pharrell I thought that you know maybe I could just sneak in the little steel drums but you know he sure made me feel bad after he shot me and I, I was apologizing so to him here's all the backstory for the after- fans they
0: probably haven't heard before is that he's been writing this one song our entire career and he thought he could sneak it out there in front of the fans maybe Well,
4: yeah, the song starts with a very lengthy steel drum solo, and um, I wasn't going to play the whole thing, trust me. I'm not going to, like, bombard everyone with my solo project, but, um, you know, I really just...
2: Is that... I mean, you brought a steel drum today... It's, yeah.
3: I'm looking at it right now. It's, I
0: don't think the good right people in mean, this Hard it's, it's Rock right Cafe want to the have to sit through this. So,
5: Well, there's queso in it. You know, we, use it we use it for a queso dip when we're not on stage, which is nice That's for, right. for the backstage. Yeah.
4: But, you know, th- I've learned just from the tonal frequencies of it, I can hit that drum in such a way that all that queso will go shooting all over the yeah. room, and that drum will be spotless.
6: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> It's the kind of problem that you don't think you'd ever have to solve. But after 10 or 15 times, I figured it mm-hmm. out. Well, I mean, that's not the only
2: uh, hiccup you guys had. You guys were in Japan at that big uh, big show in Japan. And as I understand it, Marty, mm-hmm. you were supposed to be lower down from like the rafters yeah. during a solo. And you slipped and swung out. And then the line actually disconnected. And you went flying you know, 30, 40 feet into the crowd. <laughs>
5: and you killed a few yeah, people Yeah, I, uh, I had a problem. They uh, they were trying to adjust uh, the tension of the strings according to my weight earlier that morning, but um after sound check I had gone to Golden Corral and I ate a lot at the carving station, so uh they didn't The famous Japanese Golden famous Corral. Jam- <laughs> it was the only Golden Corral in all of Japan, so obviously I had to get there. Uh, they, they
4: I could yeah. tell you what they call it there, but I don't want to get yelled at. Yeah, they
0: have a holiday called golden week where it's just a bunch of specials at golden corral for a whole week mm-hmm.
5: yeah well so i indulged needless to say uh but yeah so anyway the fishing line that they had me tied up to uh were not strong enough and i accidentally flew into a bunch of very small women uh and i apologize for that i said i was sorry not uh, your fault it's it was absolutely an accident i said i was sorry so um, if there's anything I can do, I- all right. Well, we don't have to
4: talk well, the about show, it. Well, the whole show was canceled and the ambulances came and mm-hmm. all that. And no one told me because, you know, once I'm in you the zone, I'm going, there. I play.
2: there. played another three hours.
4: <laughs> right. While the crime scene was going on and they're drawing chalk around these poor, tiny <laughs> Japanese women. And I'm just sitting there going, <laughs> I mixed it up a little bit. I gave it that Puerto uh, Rican yeah. vibe. The doot. Do, 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 mm-hmm. do, 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 do. And I was doing everything. I was doing all the moves yeah. and you know I, you know the show's over and I'm like, "Where are the bras? The bras aren't hitting me." And uh, I peeked my eyes up and it was just a blood. Yeah, the,
0: the law enforcement guy said they really appreciated it: though. Yeah well, you they, guys I got
5: great
3: reviews for the yeah. I broke
5: yeah. a few vertebrae in my back, but I just remember laying there on the ground just hearing your thumps and just being like, "I'm so fucking glad I'm in this band you know what I mean?
2: I think well, we well you guys, so you tearing up. <laughs> so you guys, you know that for every band, when you f- go to your first tour in Japan, that's when you know you're getting some traction, right? But w- yeah. I want to know when you guys really blew up. Like, how did you guys know you were really blowing up?
1: Well,
4: <clears throat>
1: I, I
4: never really knew. I didn't get told, to, but mainly because a lot of the money wasn't coming my way. Um, I didn't really know we were famous until, you know, people would come up and, and they would ask me mm-hmm. my name or they would say, hey, it's Dick Denham. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, I thought they were going to serve me papers. You know, like I had to go to mm-hmm. court. Like, cause I never like, fi- I never really like gave my ex-wife the stuff she wanted from the divorce. Yeah. So I th- I was always fearing that. And so usually I just ran away. Yeah. And it wasn't really until like Brandon realized, you know, Brandon pulled me out of refrigerator school and he yeah. said, we got to go on I'd tour. Say, what are you, you doing? Know, I'm like, why wouldn't I? I'm just trying to do better for myself and have a career. And he's like, we're in a very famous band. And I said, what? I would yeah.
2: say, well, you it guys was, started to really change it up after the, like, yeah, sort of I'd, I'd, I would say right. it was like uh, kind of
0: Pierre who really pulled that deal together for us.
5: You know? Yeah. Yeah. I remember after the first time I ever went on tour with you guys, I went home for a little break and I, I tried to get back involved with my dad's business because he invented a creatine shake for newborns out of the hominy plant that's really <laughs> it's prevalent in the capital of Wabash Valley. Uh, and you know, their motto was one app per month. So by the time your baby's, let's say uh, a half a year old, you're looking at a fully defined six pack. And I went back to work for him, working the cash register and they're like, well, you're, aren't you that guy? that killed a bunch of people in Japan. I was like, wow, we're really getting somewhere now. So I knew I knew we were on to something. And then I came you back to Brooklyn, that, and yeah, we just picked it up from there. You guys had that that really,
2: uh, I mean, uh, one of the songs that did really well in Japan was um, sort of different for you guys, you know, a little bit different for, I mean, even the time. Um, you guys had sort of a big you know, veer towards making soundtracks. Yeah, and you I you mean, did that post-track album. <clears throat>
0: Uh, Friday Night Lights was really just looking for a band they could get for cheap to do a soundtrack for their show. And we were like, you know, we need money.
3: Mm-hmm. So uh, we threw then, this one together, you know. Hey, who doesn't? Well, and then they <laughs> passed on us, though. And we got offered that Wendy's commercial. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was my first real foray. That was in a
2: commercial? Yeah. I just, oh, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. When I first heard that one, guys, I cried. I mean. Yeah. I cried. We got...
4: You know how many spicy chickens we got for that? I still got some in my freezer. Can I have one? Wow. From like 19-fucking-99. Hey, fucking can you do me a
5: favor and- Chuck one of those in a dumpster behind your house so I can eat it, please. I, like I said, I'm a freegan. <laughs> I'd really, yeah. Uh, but I, am, I, am, I told I am you you a... can
4: just come in well, my I house. And just, I have well, to I mean, it's up. technically not my house. I think he likes to see in it. garbage. It's can. Marty's. It's where Marty keeps ha- all of his I have equipment. Have to he's eat got out to out to, the
3: dumpster. Though. It's it's not freakin' if it's not from the dumpster. Yeah, sorry.
4: What if I kick it in the dirt or the
3: rock? Come on, come
5: on. Does it got to be in the
3: dumpster? I know a
2: guy will make you a mean breakfast in Ohio. To get out of the dumpster. Um so All Buns. So Brandon, that song you guys had, that was really like your second I mean I mean you guys had many hits in between, but you that's one that was when really it blew up That's like
0: when we could finally afford to, heard, move to Brooklyn people
2: heard. People heard they go, well, where's the singing?
4: Where's the lyrics? He's like it doesn't need it. Just listen. Is that the one where you guys let me play the piano?
5: Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let you. You raised us with it.
4: Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm kind of a savant, but only because I'm mm-hmm. stupid. Well, it's, and almost I can't like my it's almost like a different kind. It's almost just the,
2: the other drums, right? Yeah. Piano's just yeah, the other drums. piano is
4: just Well, I mean, basically everything's drums. You know, right now I have a plate of chicken wings in front of me. There's drums There's there's drumsticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the leg, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> That's right. So, and you got the cymbals is like the ranch, and I dip it in there. <laughs> And then you eat it with the. It's kind of like drums in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you work with your hands, mm-hmm. you're essentially a drummer.
5: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, why don't we, uh, yeah, uh, why don't we. So, Brandon, do you want to play that? Yeah, okay, let's well, get it going. Uh, well, let's roll that one. Um, this is once more uh, Jeremy Tunamelt with Noisy Advice at the Hard Rock Cafe in Brooklyn, Manhattan. Here at the Brooklyn Eventuallys, replaying their song. Brandon, why don't you introduce this song? Give him a little oh, backstory.
4: Am I supposed to bring my whole thing? I just got the gong and the steel drum.
2: Are did, we playing?
0: Um, the name did of the song is too long. I think this? it might take, you know, about an hour or two to say the name of the song. So let's just, like, feel the vibe of it and get going. Yeah, you guys can name it.
6: Ha, <laughs> ha,
2: So that was uh, that was in short. I mean, the single version title is "Beyond the Mountains." Our mothers still descend to weep for those who light this autumn, mm-hmm. and uh, that was kind of a, a turning point for you guys because it kind of expanded on what you could sound like. I think. Yeah, I think and we expanded really, on
0: what a Wendy's commercial can sound like too. You know, like yeah, really that version push we played it to there's the, the, the short version, and that's just what they played in that Wendy's commercial. I mean, the the full one's probably like 40, 50 minutes long. It's really
3: yeah, it long stretches commercial. over three sides of vinyl. Yeah, yeah. it's a long commercial. It's, and the title, the, we have to shorten the title. I mean, really, the expanded edition is going to come out when we do the anniversary. Well, you guys, the label the anniversary told us so like the, the title
0: was too long and they couldn't put it That was out. the first
3: album that was a full-length
2: book, the title anyway. We actually
0: copy-pasted Moby Dick <laughs> into the middle of the title.
5: <laughs> it was the Parentheses. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you guys, that was a turning point. And then you guys, you know, you took little hiatuses, mm-hmm. right? So let's talk a little bit that about that, like your solo projects. You guys all had something going on. One of you, uh, I don't know, any of you, just tell us a little bit about
6: that.
4: Well, I really wouldn't call mine a solo project. I just went back and did something I always wanted to do and tried to finish refrigerator school that Brandon kept pulling me out of just because I didn't want them to think I was a quitter. So, you know, I famous band and whatever, you know, that shit doesn't mean much to me. And I would show back up at a refrigerator school and they'd be like, what are you doing, dude? You don't need to be in refrigerator school. And I, like I said, I'd do it, I'd do it. And they're like, who would you tell you that you did it? And I couldn't remember. But then I said, you know, they know because I didn't want to look stupid. But, you know, basically every single time I would do like two weeks in refrigerator school and Brandon would pull me out. But something I've been trying to do for like over the last ten years is the one song I've been working on. And I'm really thinking I'm getting close to, to having um, Life Part Infinity, my story, done.
0: I'm really thinking you're not that close yet, you know. I, I think you need to keep that in the incubator a little bit longer.
4: Well, I mean, I got the steel drums out of my system, mm-hmm. right? And that, you know, ate up a good 30-40 minutes. And then trying to work in a lot of the kind of you know car noises that I want, um, <laughs> recording different Ford F-150 Raptors, getting kind of stuff like that, um, s- driving by people on the highway and sampling 18-wheeler honk horns. Um, there's one point in the song where it's just 25 minutes to, of the soundtrack of Laser Shoot Larry, and it's just kind of almost like, to find, it's not music, but an audio book that is my autobiography, mm-hmm. you know, in a way. And it's really, really tough to do this as a man with a sub 100 IQ. Mm-hmm. And so that plays into it, too, and trying to figure this out, trying to walk all the lines, and, you know, trying to even name instruments. I don't know the name of most instruments. I think you're being a little bashful here, though,
0: because there's been times on tour where you're hanging out in the green room by yourself, and we walk in, and we see you just hastily put down an acoustic guitar like you weren't touching it, you know? Yeah,
5: you're shy. You're a little bashful.
4: Well, I was trying to learn it because asking somebody to play it, you know, I I had to count the strings on it, so I knew which one to ask for, like the six-string one, the wood one.
0: Yeah. To be fair, no one no you one know, the, wants to play on your project, and if people tell you that they do and that I've been keeping them away, that's not true.
4: Well, I know. I just I ask a lot of people, and they always see really agreeable at the beginning, and then later on they come like all browbeaten and maybe with a little bit of tears in their eyes, say so they can't do it, they're busy mm-hmm. that day, and then it's like fine, yeah, that's, that's, that's fine. Yeah, it's a funny coincidence. You know, I can get but there's I no can get whatever. That. I can get whatever equipment out of Marty's shed mm-hmm. and I can learn
5: to play it myself you're eventually welcome. and I'll figure so, yeah, it like out. Like I said, you're welcome to my shed. I'd appreciate that. You take whatever you want. Well, yeah. I mean, it's
4: all—it's kind of like, you know, too late to <coughs> oh, welcome sorry. you.
5: But. Okay. Well. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I again, I, I, I went back to Terra Hot after, uh, the first time I really went back with some money was after the Wendy's commercial. Um, and I got immediately sucked into uh, being a member of the non-custodial parents party. Even though I am single and without children, I just want to fight for fathers and men's rights. Um, I also joined a, uh, it was a band, it was called Don't Shred on Me, which uh, was a new metal band. Uh every member was a soldier. Uh there were ten singers. There was no guitar player, no drummer. Um they eventually a Boy Scout asked, is
0: like a junior soldier, so I see why they asked Yeah. You.
5: Yeah. See they eventually asked me to join uh to play the one guitar in the band, so I did have to fabricate a military resume. Um But my cover was blown when, believe it or not, we went to Golden Corral, and they pulled out their military IDs to get 65 cents off their fountain drink, and I didn't have one, so (laughs) uh, I was kicked out uh, right on it.
4: It's a shame that the guy in that band that played the M4
5: killed himself. It's a real shame. I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss him, but... uh, After that, again, I tried to get into music, and I was simply just uh, sticking around town uh, trying to get my hands in my dad's business, uh, which, again, was to give protein shakes to newborns, but uh, I didn't make it. So um, I really had nothing to do until they called me back and said, we're going to write another record, and here I am. Yeah, I remember you were telling me,
0: you were like, I could buy a house here. It's only like $30,000, and I was like, no, you need to move back to Brooklyn, where $30,000 is like what you spend at Wendy's in a week, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we got, I actually, we got took, a vision here.
5: I I had bought a shed uh, in Terre Haute, um, and that was just to keep my gear. But then I moved the shed to Brooklyn, and I live in it. And I, for some reason, have to pay. I was so
4: confused I have to
5: pay the government like ten thousand dollars a month just to live in the shed <laughs> I own that I moved from Terre Haute. So who knows? You know. I
4: just remember going to sleep in Terre Haute, and all of a sudden I, I pulled myself out of that, that big bass drum in the mm-hmm. back <laughs> that, I sleep, that I sleep Yeah, you were coiled up in a little wolf.
5: blanket. It was cute.
4: And, and, and I walk outside and, you know, you were still asleep mm-hmm. at that time, mm-hmm. and no one can ever hear me because I'm so sneaky because I got these tiny little feet. Yeah. You know, so I'm sneaking like like I usually sneak around. I throw open the front door, expect to see that beautiful terra hot sunrise, and I'm immediately bombarded with like a restaurant called Trues that wants me to pay $15 for a bagel. Yeah.
5: I yeah I'm People sorry. People throwing about their that.
4: garbage on the sidewalk, saying that's where that that's where that goes. Well,
5: I blame I honest I blame Brandon and Pierre for that because I didn't want to leave Tara and when you were staying in my shed, I thought we were perfectly happy. Just I was trying to um, inculcate you into the <laughs> mens right I have it because the group that I had joined, um, but we were all I just
4: couldn't I couldn't get it. Yeah, we were all
5: pretty happy. I think we were about there. And then uh, all of a sudden we wake up and we've been uh, lifted by a helicopter and dropped off in Brooklyn to record the next. <laughs>
3: Record, so. i mean can you blame these guys Set the I mean, extraction squad to get you guys so it just seems
4: know. like it was also excessive that we would have like band practice you know who needs it at the empire State? right show. we didn't need it
3: that's the acoustics though i mean and it's like
4: you, hey I, we gotta meet gonna, we gotta meet again at six o'clock at the statue of yeah liberty. we have to practice
3: a, on the head of the statue of liberty yeah you
0: to ac- get used weird, to being but, at the top you gotta the physically base. be at the top if you want to mentally be New at the York's top. That's what New York's all about. That's what New York's all about. Are you kidding?
2: Mm. You guys did practice on the subways. You guys did practice, you
3: know, yeah. in Times Square. I mean, that's what New York's all about, baby. You gotta mm. climb the ladder. You gotta practice inside a giant pizza. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I knew
5: I had made it when I had a meet and greet with the pizza rat. To be quite honest, that was amazing. Brandon,
2: Brandon, and Pierre, Pierre. Brandon, you guys had soul stuff too that I know of. But once you talk a little bit about that, tell me about that.
3: Uh, I spend, you know, I I don't spend all my time in New York. Like I I love uh, Montreal, Canada. Uh, we played uh, we played one show there. Uh, I think what what was it? Two years ago? Three years ago?
2: Where was that at up there?
3: Uh, I've been there. It was at uh, Casa de Pupolo, um, mm-hmm. which is. Uh, <laughs> Uh,
4: Is that next to the Daffy Duck Tavern? That is next to
3: the... uh, It's uh, La Taverne de Daffy. Le Canard de Daffy. Yeah. I mean, you guys don't spend as much time as I do up there, so maybe the French is kind of going over your heads. But uh, Le Le Canard de Daffy is fine if you want to listen to, like, normie, normie music. But... But the real shit is at Casa de Popolo, where um, you know all the great bands: Godspeed You Black Emperor, um, that other band that's basically Godspeed You Black Emperor minus a few people but plus a few other people, um, <laughs> Trapped, uh, <Just> Trapped, uh, <laughs> trapped POD, uh, Lay's Breastfeeders, you know all all the greats. Uh, they all play there. <laughs> we played there once, and
4: you know the city Nickelback featuring Amy Uh, Nickel- man, uh Nickelback. The spider
0: Spider-Man song. Nickelback. Yeah, you got it. Well, in, in Quebec, a, it's usually that's a Chad Kroger solo joint. Mm-hmm. That's Spider-Man true. Song.
3: They, they've all played at Casa del Pupolo, and we played there. They're, and they're from uh, Montreal. Yeah, of Montreal is actually from Montreal.
4: Oh, yeah, that makes sense
3: now. Yeah, they, they love that circus shit, right? So that's where there they got, got it from, now. and that's why I love it because I love the circus and I love larping. You guys know mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. I I spent half my time up there, and I got my solo project, uh, Professor LaPierre, where I educate people about tone and frequencies. And, uh, you know, I love to play for uh, Animal Control, hires me a lot to do gigs yeah, where... Yeah, because of
5: Pepe Le Pew.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Pepe Le Pew, it's a thing. It, like, the whole north of Montreal is just filled with skunks. Mm-hmm. It's, Pepe Le Pew is a documentary. It's... Uh, <laughs> So I go to the north of Montreal. I set up my modular rig, and I, and I play for the skunks, and they run away. And I hope that one day—that's how you know it's a hit—they'll appreciate. It. I also like playing for the Quebec, uh, the Quebec's army. You know, for military intelligence there, they they have their guests from out of town, and I get to play them. You know, they're like, hey, uh, professor, we got some guests in. Uh, we got them in a small concrete room with a single light bulb hanging, swinging back and forth. Uh, Can you set up your modular rig and, and play this guy a tune, play him a song and I'd love to do it. And that's why I love it there, man.
2: There's nothing more, um, there's nothing more, uh, Quebecois, uh, to me than, you know, a guy setting up $3,000 worth of synths and playing for a park full of skunks. Alone, yeah. And that's. I mean, yeah.
4: I remember just when Pierre was trying to explain the concept of Montreal to me, and I'm going there, and you know, we drove there, so I'm like, "This is a weird town in America." Well, I saw him talking. He mentioned he mentioned it, and you just started clenching your fists. He said, "Well, "Well, we're not in America," and I go, "Oh, so we're in we're in France?" Because you know, I fall asleep during these trips. You know, I usually drive. You slept right through the border.
3: They searched you. Internally and <laughs> externally, and you, well, just, and then, you yeah, were curled was, up like a I'm baby. A heavy, it was. Well, he was inside yeah. so they didn't the, even what, see him.
4: They thought I was comforting. One border guy was but, holding you like a said, child, and
3: well, the other one was—I mean—was just searching, like searching inside I'm you. glad
4: I slept through it. So we're in Montreal, and I say, "You know, the, the, we're in America, are we?" And he says, "We're not in America." So I say, "We're in France, are we?" And he and he says, "We're not in France. We're in Canada." I'm like, "They don't speak." Canadian, they they they're not speaking Canadian, and he says, "Well, that's because we're in Quebec," which which that took about forty minutes to clarify for me, and I'm still not sure if I get exactly where Quebec. You just seem to
2: get really mad when he mentioned it that they speak French, but they're in Canada. I mean, you're sweating right now. Your fits. Are, I just I
4: just don't get it. I gotta go. Like I'm I'm itching to play those steel drums because. You know, I'm just freaking out about okay, thinking about
2: well, this. Okay, well, get, we'll get there.
3: Well, we, um, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, I was remembering from that trip when we went to the, you were hungry and we went to the Wendy's and we were in lineup and you were looking at the menu. Le Wendy's. And you were looking at the menu and you flipped out because you didn't know what to order because you didn't, you were looking at like Le Burger, Le Grand Cheeseburger and you were just like, what the hell is this? What do I eat? I, I don't know. Is it, what am I going to get if I order Le Grand Cheeseburger? like
4: well the the music's the universal language and usually in high stress situations like that i just put my blindfold on and i just start thinking about what i want and i start hammering it out on my hands tap 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 and they got it exactly i get brought five spicy chickens no drink no water no soda no frosty no they thought you
0: were homeless and they just kind of tried to get rid of you
5: your drum beats are almost a uh, like a Morse code uh, to the fast food chain cashiers, which I appreciate. I do Like know a what Morse code for the soul.
2: Yeah. Um, Brandon, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you you know you went through at that time?
0: Yeah. So like after we had our success, you know, I was just kind of adrift. You know,
2: were you just that whole time while they're were talking? Were you just counting a stack of dollar bills? wait, are those? Hundreds?
0: No, we don't have anything left, actually, at this point. That's why we're going to...
2: What do you? Wait, are you, I thought I saw you kind of like... No, that's nothing. Did you that guys see nothing. that? What? I thought we were...
4: Bro- a lot okay. of times, Brandon will make me... I thought
2: we were broke. Brandon will make me sit on his wallet
4: so that it'll close. Let's see, are we broke? So you're broke. Are we broke, you don't yeah, have broke now? have money.
2: I just saw you with a giant stack of cash. We're just. just in your we're waiting for the we're next talking. advance, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: we're waiting for the advance. We're broke now.
2: Okay, we're broke now. But so at the time, okay,
0: okay, when we were, you know, doing our solo. But why stuff, are you
2: sitting, like, kind of, kind of on a tilt? Like, what's in your back pocket? Why are you?
0: Uh, I got a hemorrhoid that's really big. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's not good.
2: I'm lucky I'm it's not the drummer.
0: I don't have to sit down, you know, at the show. But
2: it's kind of uh, far to go to say something like that to hide that. All right, well, um, so why don't you tell us about your solo work? Yeah,
0: so you know, we, you know, that was when we were just starting to get popular. We were a little successful. I was trying to remember what my roots were and try to get back to those you know like what is it that got me into music in the first place and i started thinking about those songs and like that music and i was like you know baba black sheep uh you know vera jaca the alphabet mm. uh counting the numbers mm. you know just mm-hmm. all these like sure. that's like the first music that i was really into growing up so i just kind of set out on the road by myself um this is just like a little clip, you know. I'm putting together kind of like an archival thing. This is just like a little couple second clip mm. to give you a feel for like what was going on on the road those days. Okay. Turkey in <laughs> the straw. Turkey in the straw. Turkey in the straw. Turkey in the straw. Yeah, so you know that's what was going on on tour there, um, and then you know my friend. It sounds uh,
2: familiar for some reason to me. Yeah, no, that's like I the kind of music I've I came, came that. up
0: on. Like these, like you know, when you were young, you remember listening to songs like that, right?
2: Like, then, uh, yeah, but I mean, like the actual song. The, I, don't I know. mean, I remember that, I remember s- like, that
3: song. You brought peep, you brought uh, the rehearsal. Row, row, row your boat, and I was like, I'm yeah. sure I've heard this somewhere yeah that slaps hot, I, I just fudge. put my own
0: spin on it you know and also on that tour actually uh DJ lethal or no sorry uh DJ homicide from uh, incubus joined me for a couple of those shows and that sounded kind of mm-hmm.
6: like this <laughs> <in the street>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <in> <laughs> so yeah you know like those shows were a little more intimate and it was just about getting back to where I come from you know
4: Mm-hmm. I remember when you were doing um your rendition of uh Milk Milk Lemonade around the corner Fudge is made. Beautiful. Yeah, we would do
0: that. Uh, one of the best We so- would jam on that one for hours, you know.
3: Hot Cross mm-hmm. Buns. I mean, I love playing Hot Cross Buns. It's so mm-hmm. it's it's a classic. It's a Yeah, bop. it was like
0: a four p- all of us were on recorder Food and Music. It was like getting back to like 7th grade music class. It was kind of like refreshing when you're at the top, you know, you got to remember your roots. That's right. So maybe in that in that vein, you know, our next album was just like we were getting back to that stuff, but we were using, like, the musical chops that we had developed at that point.
2: Well, I uh, I liked a little bit more of the stuff that you came up with after that. But it was kind of, uh, kind of bittersweet because I was still, you know... You know, I missed the Brooklyn eventually is when I'm going to get back together. And that was a very long two months for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, so when we got back together, you know, we took those inspirations and we, we put together... An album that wasn't as commercially successful, but this one was for us, you know. <clears throat>
4: right. right. You do one for them, then you do one for yeah, you. Yeah, that's what they say about. I don't music. know who. I mean, I just basically always do one for you guys. I appreciate that, and that's all right to me. And you know, no steel drums, I get it.
3: Not not on every album, I mean,
4: that's just... or any of them. All right, so
0: let's go ahead and hear one from that album. uh... It's a little classic song we put a little twist on. It's called The Farmer in the Dell. Oh, yes.
2: Yes. This is Now that was definitely a different direction for you guys, and I know you guys said you kind of did that for yourselves. Yeah. And I remember going to those shows, and you could tell it was a different demographic because every guy there was, you know, like a skinny guy in a graphic tee of like an astronaut riding a shark. Yeah. Absolutely no women there at all. No women. I
4: I noticed the immediate lack of bras hitting me. Yeah. This was kind of where I became kind of inundated with like Cookie Monster flat brims hitting me, (laughs) and a lot of, you know. A lot of like XXL t-shirts that said like, you know, kind of from Walmart type things, uh, kind of like draping over me really. Mm. Uh, I used a lot of them as padding on the inside of my drum when I slept later on, but... Yeah, a complete uh, lack of bras well, we were, hitting me. We
3: wanted that audience, though. Well, we were. I, I remember we wanted I was like
5: really influenced by Farmer and Adult because one of the lyrics is that the wife <laughs> takes the child, and as a meninist, I, I was really uh, trying to speak out against um, uh, women uh, being aggressive or more aggressive than men in relationships, and I know that there are high levels of mistaken paternity or paternity fraud, so. Um, that's kind of what I was going for when I wrote that song.
0: Did you write the farmer in the dell?
5: Uh, no, I just wrote the guitar riff uh, based off the Farmer and Adele because it really inspired me.
4: I know that a lot of times you would tell me about the music, and I don't understand guitar playing a lot, but you say, you know, you open with the F chord, mm-hmm. and you, uh, A chord, T chord, H chord, E chord, R chord, S chord. Big
5: R chord. Yeah, I'm with R, R chord.
4: R chord, got, yeah. I chord, mm-hmm. G chord, H chord, T chord, mm-hmm. S chord, and you say it spells father's rights.
5: Yeah, yeah. And
4: I said, I can't. Yeah, I just I can't I, read that much. Yeah. But I get the idea. I just, uh, I don't know if it's the best musically, but you know, you're the guitarist. So,
5: yeah, I did just, I was just looking for people to uh, understand that I was looking to expand the rights of unwed fathers in case of their child's adoption. So, I, I do know that that was a personal crusade I was on. But
4: again, I know you got very mad when I said that the Spider Man guy in England should absolutely not have his kids. Yeah. He's going to fall mm-hmm. off the big buildings I think and he's going to die the in I
5: think that was the first scrum we ever had as bandmates, but I appreciate
0: that. Yeah, I think at that point we started well, going usually, in different directions. Well, somebody eventually
4: you know, like, is going to shoot me or punch <laughs> me, and it's kind of just In those early thing. days in
0: the band, we would all sleep in the same bed together, you know, all of our names were on the headboard, we were mm-hmm. all wearing, you know, we had the matching, little nightcaps and the matching. Matching
4: pajamas. Yeah, like. And the colors, we all had our own color. Yeah,
0: we were like thick as thieves back then, you know, and at this point, you, you were get, kind of getting into that men's rights stuff, you know. I was, yeah. well, I was reading about Kabbalah to a- just to find a thing, because it seemed like everyone else had a thing, so I wanted to do like a yeah. Kabbalah thing. Or-
3: I was learning French, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Just- I started
4: abusing, uh, because of my experience in refrigerator school, I started uh, a lifelong struggle with the abuse of freon
0: yeah you know those um subscription services where you can like get food at your door uh silk road started one of those and i got like weird designer drugs at my door every day and i would just take whatever was in there and then feel like shit all the time (laughs) that's when. so you guys
2: it seems like that brandon and marty were really about the sort of uh math rocky experimental sound but Dick and Pierre, you didn't seem to be too into it. I, I know you guys moved on from there onto the next point, which, you know, you, you tried other, or you kind of, like, toured with your old stuff again. You guys kind of, like, you know, went through the motions, you know, make a little bit of money. And then you guys kind of had uh, another banger that came out. Yeah, And it was it was experimental, but in a different way. Yeah, so, it wasn't so... Well, we, just, we were having there wasn't these kind of like, problems. We so
0: were having all these problems, right? And we're like... What's getting between sure. us? Something's getting between us, right? What is it that's getting between us? And we realized it was the instruments. It wasn't us. It's not mm-hmm. that we were all very different people and had nothing in common. It was the instruments. So for mm-hmm. that next album, we were like, let's just not play any instruments. Let's just use samples and laptops and shit. Yeah. So this and was a time. Voices. Yeah, we were using some cartoon voices. We were really taking a lot of inspiration from some Looney Tunes. We were, uh, you know. Tex Avery. If you saw us on stage at this point, we might all we all walk on well, stage. Well, this is
2: probably the height of your drug re- drug use, right?
0: I mean, who can
4: say? I really? wouldn't know.
3: Yeah, I mean.
4: I mean, I was buying mini fridges just to tap out the freon. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, it's, it's true.
4: I mean, I kind of had a stew Unger thing going, where like instead of my nostrils, the inside of my nostrils falling apart, they basically were perpetually frozen. <laughs> Um, we had to, we, because I, I also, I really took hard the fact that he tried to take away all the instruments in the band because I enjoy playing the drums. I love playing the well, drums. Well, then he told you that they, he there's something
2: called a drum machine.
4: Well, he told me this because I didn't care about the drum machine. I don't care about it. An iPad, you know, he let me said, you know, okay, but on next tour, I get to drive the limo. So when we go from city to city, I was able to drive the limo. every yeah, your limo every that you single from city to city. <laughs> we didn't really yeah, have and, and, space and, for it, <laughs> bands, When bands go on tour, You, have, drive, but you, you uh, have a tour people, You were the only person They call it a the, gig. You go from gig to gig, you drive a limo. It yeah, it's so pretty the, much the, just like, like
0: liquor and drugs and us in the limo. Like, we couldn't actually fit gear in there. So that's, that was why it was practical to go in this direction. But,
4: you know, I was like, Mom Dad, I made it. I'm driving my very own limo. And, you know, I'd be able to roll up the window, and I'd be able to listen to the tunes I liked up front, which was just, you know, usually just cowboy music. Well, you guys had
2: a lot of hits, you know, stuff like, you know, with the sound, like Sweaty Orange Juice and, um, you know, Fish Pool and stuff like that. You guys <laughs> really kind of took off with A New Direction, and I I really dug it, and I, I you know...
4: Well, thanks for mentioning our upcoming tour with New Direction. Mm-hmm.
3: Thank you for that. Thank you.
2: That, that That's not... The band, okay, but we have a. Uh, we want to play a song from that that era, and uh, Brand Brandon, you, Dick, I like for the, you know, tenth time, you do, just put away the drum. You don't have to play anything. Well, I got the gong ready. Let him smack it. Just let him smack it.
3: Brandon, just why don't you just get, just, get it out of your system, dude? Just go for it. Just give, it give it a good Give it a good whack.
4: Well, I don't. Let me go get a big. Uh, let me go get a big mallet. Let me get about a five foot. <laughs> ceremonial mallet. I'll be right back. Hold on. Check the se- I think I got check one in the drum.
5: Check the semi. Yeah.
1: I'm not the one that subscribes to the full <laughs> of boys uh, you know, belief that a uh, whole thing of chips, a whole bag of chips uh, can <laughs> dinner. Know where this is
6: chip dinner. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: right now, chip dinner is not
6: Chip dinner's real. You can have chips for dinner. It's It's not a meal. To the ocean. That's not too bad. (laughs) No chips for dinner. That's not too bad.
4: do we want to uh, bring up actually the the background of that song the conflict there
0: i mean if you're willing sure, to Sure i mean uh, i don't
2: know
4: the the history i know everyone loved
2: that everyone that was doing that song they're just you know probably high out of their mind you know crazy parties everyone just not washing and having you know discussing no. sex and you know doing mushrooms and lsd and just like you know just wearing you know like coal miner lamps and uh, not shaving. And I think that surprisingly accurate. I think that you're a big part of that. Your image at that time kind of blew up because you're kind of this guy who was, you know, everyone knew you didn't wear shoes, you didn't shave, you kind of always smelled, you're disgusting, looking disheveled constantly.
4: A All you wanted to do. kind of thing.
2: Right. And you had this cloud around you all the time, a literal cloud. With flies.
4: Green stink clouds. Of clouds with flies uh, that would circle me.
3: And It was like free, uh, covered in Freon, too. So stuff was stuck to you. Stuck, oh yeah, stuck at to that the Freon. Time too, like,
4: I was waking up anywhere, like with the whole. You know, you've never, like hit rock bottom where you wake up in a stranger's bed and the stranger's not there but you're spooning a regular sized refrigerator (laughs) that's drained of all the freon i mean it was
0: great for the band though because we were doing light shows where like all these different colored lights are just bouncing off the freon and like you know reflecting all over the venue and shit it was really cool his
2: nose was always glowing it was you know amazing to watch and go to the shows and the shows. Were I would literally, sneeze and,
4: and it would. Ju- I would sneeze and it would just spray snow everywhere. The shows were
2: literally intoxicating. The the mass of everyone's body odor would just kind of put you into this daze. Um, on top of all of the drug use um, that was going on in the smoke machines you guys had blowing, it looked like the set of labyrinth or the dark crystal. And you guys were just you know really coming into this unique niche for everyone. But I want to know. I mean, I I just thought you guys were having a good time and you know getting as creative as possible but there's a backstory to that song uh, Chip Dinner
4: that I don't think a lot of people know even myself so please uh, go ahead Dick. well that was at a time where I was eating a lot of chips and I don't know why but Brandon kept saying we have a contract right with Frito-Lay right and apparently I, w- I, I said I don't know what Frito-Lay is I have never agreed to a contract I want to eat what I want to eat for dinner um which sure. apparently the chips I was getting, I believe they were just some kettle cook kind of thing that I, that I liked. Yeah,
0: and, it wasn't on brand. Apparently I
4: apparently I, I needed to get a correct chip, like a Cool Ranch... Or, mm-hmm. a, you know, a, a Chili Frito or maybe a Hot Flamin' um, Cheeto.
0: Regular Frito. Or maybe,
4: you know, even even something like a Sun Chip, he said, mm-hmm. was actually owned by them and, and was acceptable. Even they like have a, a full line you know, of some, products.
0: There's any kind of chip you want, you could have gotten as, it. So I don't understand why you were going off-brand.
4: Something as vile as like right, a, well, so, you know, so he would come in and he talk. would be like, like you know, Uh, Dick, why don't you have these baked Cheetos here? It's all the same great Cheeto taste without the fat. And I'd be like, who are you talking to right now? And there'd be a camera crew. And, you know, those were like my Freon days. And, you know, I would just immediately go just start, you know, finding the nearest fridge or freezer to suck on because I was just so distraught about it. But, you know. Basically, it was about the money. I said, I'm not getting any of the money anyway. And you said, that's because we're broke. And I said, then why do we have to do this? And, so we can get some money. And I said, you know, you've done all these commercials. It's been a year and a half. I haven't seen any money, and I don't want to eat Funyuns. I want to eat my nice kettle cook chip. Mm-hmm. And basically... And it, was, it was technically true that there was are no are money, because that's
0: when I started working for the Frito-Lay real estate company. Frito-Lay wanted to get into, you know, apartments and, and owning... They were trying to basically buy well, up all right. of Brooklyn, pretty much. Mm. Mm.
2: I talked to Pierre... No, I talked about. I talked to Pierre about that two two years ago, at Fuckfest, uh, <laughs> and he was telling me that's, like you guys right. were asking me about that. That's right. I mean,
3: end, so. uh, about two years ago, I uh, I became. Well, I became a landlord, basically. I uh, uh, the dream living yeah, on behalf
0: of Frito Lay. They were on behalf Frito Lay. They needed so, a face of their new the, real estate company. Exactly, the yeah. Lifestyle. So Frito
3: Lay approached me, and they were like, "Hey, Chief, like you're not, you know, like what? What about after after the show is done? After the tours are over? After you can't?" Uh, you know get get your modular system up on stage anymore like what are you gonna do when the freon, when the, when the freon is gone <laughs> what are you gonna freon, do then well what are you gonna do dry. then pal and i'd never really thought about it before so i agreed to be the front-facing uh sort of spokesperson for uh, frito-lays real estate development in mm. williamsburg and uh I made a ton of money because uh, so people were, it, so totally People went on Instagram and they were like, "Oh God, it's Pierre LaPierre. Wouldn't that be cool if he was my landlord?" And you know, rightfully so. Hmm.
5: Wouldn't that be cool if he was plunging my toilet? Like five grand for one <laughs> it's bedroom?
2: actually It's actually
3: bad. seven and a half thousand dollars for uh, for closet space, but it, <laughs> but it's. What if it wouldn't bad. it be so There's cool to sue to Pierre
4: La Pierre for my Well they can't back.
3: sue me because I'm not technically the landlord. Like it's free to, they'd have to sue Frida Lay and those guys have a lot mm-hmm. of money and I would know because they pay me. And as yeah, I understand and, it,
2: you funded like you funded the past several Brooklyn Eventually's tours because I mean I mean the, I don't want to embarrass you, but
3: people listening need that, to know that well, you're probably like a I, 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 millionaire. You know, we're all about like the money, so I'm, I'm not. You know, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I I'm really not think that's the point that, at which, like, the shows
0: but, the shows were just uh you know advertising for the real estate business. Like, that's right. You know, in the yeah. in the early days, I, we would it would just be us backstage. It was, I didn't it know It was that. just us hanging out backstage, and then at that point, we were inviting but the I'm, whole but crowd okay, backstage well, hold on, I'm so confused. we could hand out our business cards. Like, yo, are you looking for a place yeah. in Brooklyn?
3: You're looking for. But I'm confused Brandon. I, you, said well, you, broke. Uh, yeah, you said you were broke. You said you like cash at we're cash poor, you know. But yeah, we have yeah, no. yeah.
4: I'm Well, I mean, I'm broke. Just, so just don't take Jeremy, some out don't of an ATM. Of He's didn't... the only one who doesn't know that we got I'm money. I'm late on my payments to my landlord Marty. <laughs> He's going to kick me well, out. They of they the play this is a hey, uh, and we can edit this out,
2: but I, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm being I feel like I'm being like I feel like this is kind of a dishonest interview, which is you know, advice we don't you want know, no we do good journalism here. There's no so. riffs within I add the band this out of the you know, yeah, like, here. I, uh,
4: yeah, everybody's great. Yeah. I, I just wish we started making some money. Yeah, well. well until have. then, I'll just take pleasure in driving the limousine.
2: Yeah. Well, right, well why don't we t- okay, why don't we just um revert here and uh stop talking about money because that's not what art's about. Uh what what you guys have been working on is something I've been anticipating for a while. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about the new album. I want to talk about what direction have you guys taken it? And I mean, I've heard different things from each one of you personally, but uh, Brandon, so why don't you tell me about the few album? What's new it like?
0: directions? Um, like I said, there's no tension within the band whatsoever. We're all on the same page, but a book has many pages. Sure, and mm-hmm. we all kind of need to write the same book, sure. but we don't need to that's write the same, you know, words of the book, right? That's beautiful. You don't want to put
5: be- two pages on top singer. of each other. That's why you're the singer. very well put.
0: So. It, you know, we've we've rented out, um, actually, we've. I mean, we own it, we're, we're landlords, we own the studio, it has actually four studios in it, <laughs> we're each just working around the clock in our own studio, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we heard about how, like, on Francis the Mute, Omar had everyone record parts for Mars Volta, like, separately, so we're doing that for the album, and we're just going to think, we're on the, we're so used to working together, it's going to work out, right? It'll all just sync up when we're done.
3: Mm-hmm. It's all the band, I mean... You know, I've been working nonstop on. I, I think I have twenty seven hours of uh, of like seventies, influ- like new age influence, like deep listening music. And I mm-hmm. know that Brandon and everybody else. I know they're listening to the same Numero Group box set every day, yeah. all day, just <laughs> absorbing. Those frequencies, and I know that's what they're into oh, totally. right now. You know, and yeah. uh, and then I'm—I
4: mean, I've listened to easily in my whole life as a musician. That's why I feel so comfortable just kind of, you know, showing up and playing anything anywhere. I've listened to over sixty hours of music my whole life. Yeah
5: it's a lot that's a yeah, lot of I, uh, music yeah I mean I, I don't know really what's going on I, like I said I woke up in my prefab shed uh, in Brooklyn um, but I'm just trying to take a positive outlook on this whole new album and uh, so i developed a mantra which is uh, it's more smiling less worry more compassion less judgment more blessed less stressed, m- uh, less hate more rights of unwed fathers in case that her child's adopted, and less neonatal circumcision so I'm trying to keep that in mind whenever I wake up in the morning to write guitar parts for this new album that I don't really know much about, to be honest.
2: So I'm, 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 uh, I'm just kind of a. I just, it sounds like. You guys all said no, no, no. We're
3: all on the same page. Different. listening to new age music, making tick, 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 tick,
4: tick, 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 tick,
3: tick, 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 tick because that's like I don't know man that just doesn't this is, be- I mean well, that's this just is, the sound still, like, doesn't yeah. fit I mean, in with what we've this been is where you have to trust on. the artist
6: we'll fix, we'll fix that <laughs> we'll in mastering <laughs> yeah. like,
3: like, we'll edit this like we'll maybe edit- every like maybe like
5: no, we'll
6: leave yeah. it in because red, this is
2: great. Red, can hear how you
5: guys like work out and how
2: you trust interact.
5: Denim to do, you know what I mean? And we all trust each other. And even though we don't talk to each other and we don't see each other, and we, uh, you know, some people fuck each other's wives. It's uh, just something that happens.
0: That's a normal part dance. of being a band. <laughs> it's
5: just what happens in a band. You do anything to keep the band together. You know well,
2: what I, mean? I love you guys, and I can't thank you enough. I can't uh, ever pay you for all the, you know, the great music you guys have given the world, and. Um, you know, some of it is, you know, a thirty-hour album that's unlistenable. You're welcome. Um, yeah. That you
3: guys You're welcome. about Six years ago,
4: that was the name of the album. I mean,
3: I just, I just want to mention before this interview.
2: <laughs> does he, does he not, does he not know?
4: Is Dick? You know me. I'm a go not. guy. I don't like a look in the rearview mirror. That's why I got him removed from the limo that I drive. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys did the whole collab thing with Amon, and I didn't get
2: it, but. I just want to thank you guys again, and yeah, I want to you thank know you for what?
0: Um, in and to Dick's today. real short on money, yeah, so and, uh, if you could pick up the check for this meal, that would be really helpful. Yeah, be nice.
3: Also, uh, also, I know Vice is uh, going through some hard times right now, and you guys had uh, Disney pulled out a couple hundred million dollars. But I would like to say on thank behalf you. of the Frito Lay yeah. uh, uh, Real Estate Group that you guys are three months late on your rent here in Williamsburg, so. Uh, <laughs> Okay, if yeah, want me, like, okay, hey, if that, I, I agree so. to go thank you on guys the show so much where for Action Bronson on.
4: smokes weed, and eats food, do you think he'll let me eat for free? I'll eat out of his hands. I don't care. Well, I think he might
2: be in the uh, cardiac ICU at the moment, but I want to thank you guys um, for coming on. And we always like to ask one final question here. Six inches, um, even though it's 2019, <laughs> we're still going to ask you something like this. I got to just ask you guys straight up: <clears throat>
6: Pirates or ninjas? That's freaking epic. Yeah.
3: It's so That's random. It's too dude.
5: random to even consider. It's too random. I can't uh, even consider that the mime. again <laughs>
0: guys got to pick a
3: mime. A mime. Vikings. Yeah. Ooh, Are they LEGO? Like
0: Are they Lego ninjas? This is
4: what rock journalism's sure. all about.
3: Rock journalism is about determining what uh what your favorite movie character is and and what your favorite flavor of jelly bean is. Um, yeah,
2: guys, is Die Hard Christmas
3: oh, movie boy. or no? Wait. Don't but we'll save that started. for another podcast. All don't right, thank
2: you guys. Started. Thanks for coming in. Um, we're gonna talk to you guys uh, next week. We're going to have uh, Minnie and the Freakers on, and they're gonna be playing a giant guitar made out of a dude's <laughs> butt cheeks that they uh, play on live stages. I don't know how they do it, but they're gonna be doing it. Hate and to be that. Uh, yeah, they're gonna yeah. be playing a live what show a, in this a in the studio. Um, oh, they're great. No, they're great. But uh, thank you, guys, and uh, we're going to talk to you guys well, time. Yeah, thank time. you very Bye much, now. Jeremy. Like Thanks
0: black for having I me. I feel like Black Flanders. Us. I'm not black, but I feel like Black Flanders. I got the clip and Lander. Black Flanders. Black Flanders, Black Flanders. I feel like Black Flanders.